Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Inside the Studio, presented by iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Joe Levy. So on this home edition of the show, our quarantine correspondent, Jordan Runtaug, caught up with car seat headrest, who have very consistently been my answer to the question, what's the best new rock band out there, since I first saw them five years ago in a small Brooklyn club. If you check out a video or any of the articles that have been written about the band's excellent new album, Making a Door Less Open, you'll probably see an image of the singer Will Toledo in a gas mask with like floppy, plushy ears. And that's a concept he thought up months and months ago before the pandemic made masks and music a very different experience. That different experience, that's the reason we put together this home edition of Inside the Studio. And to let you know how artists are coping with lockdown and how it's impacting their lives and the way they make music. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the iHeartRadio podcast that Jordan hosts, which is called Rivals, Music's Greatest Feuds, and which, as the saying goes, is available wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hello, everybody. My name is Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. Today, I'm joined by an artist who started making music as a high schooler in the back of his parents' minivan. He named the project after his early audience, a pair of car seat headrests. In the first four years of his career, he released a flood of songs on the online music platform, some seven albums, four EPs, and two compilations. 
These earned him a deal with the iconic indie label Matador Records and inspired an untold number of digital DIY musicians. In May, he released Making the Door Less Open, his first album of new material in four years. It's an incredibly varied collection, with each song serving as a world of its own. In fact, he describes the album of less like a novel, more of a collection of poems. His sonic scope includes elements of EDM, hip-hop, doo-wop, soul, and of course, some good old-fashioned rock and roll. I'm thrilled to welcome Will Toledo Car Seat Headrest. Thank you so much for taking the time today. It's such a pleasure and honor. Yeah, hello. Thanks for having me. I guess first and foremost, how have you been? The last four months have been crazy for so many reasons and tough on all of us. What's been keeping you feeling grounded and hopeful? Um, trying to keep my daily business here, daily routine going. You know, I was working on this record mainly at home for a while, and I finished that up around uh, the beginning of April, and that was just when quarantine was starting. So I kind of just uh, stayed at home. You know, we were expecting to to get out on the road, start touring and promoting the record, but uh, I kept doing basically what I had been doing. I just kind of switched gears and uh, worked on some other music for a while. My roommates got a record that I was helping him record, and um, I'm still finishing that up, making some new demos of my own, and putting some stuff together with another act. It might be uh, coming down in August and recording with them. So yeah, I just I just kind of jumped into what's next. You know, if we have this time off, what other kind of music can I get into? What's a typical writing day like for you, or is just every day different? I kind of sneak into writing. I don't usually sit down to to write. I just um, I start reading, or if there's a mix to work on, I'll work on that. Just kind of do grunt work or, or get expose myself to other creative stuff until I, I come across an idea that I have or that I find interesting, and then I'll I'll, I'll work on that. I'll jot that down. And then after a while, I'll kind of end up with a lot of kind of bullet notes, uh, a few lines of lyrics, or I'll get on and just make a, a demo of a chord progression or something. And then um, I'll spend a while just kind of generating that material. And then when it comes time to, you know, show stuff to the band or, or have some more finished work, then I'll start fleshing stuff out at that point. What do you do when like the song's just not coming and you feel stuck? How do you do a reset? Is there a distraction that works or do you just try to plow through it? Well, with with my method, it's kind of like it, it it's it's definitely hardest when I'm at the point where I'm supposed to be finishing it up. Um, <laughs> but I, I kind of work pretty slowly where it is just, you know, create a piece of it if you can and if you can't just work on something else. I always have different stuff that I'm going between producing for other people or, or writing my own work. I just kind of switch gears if it's not working. You know, if I can't come up, up with lyrics, I'll work on the mix. If the mix isn't working, I'll, I'll go play guitar and see if anything's happening there. Building that up so that by the time I am at a, at a finishing point, you know, the groundwork is already there and I can only go so wrong from there. <laughs> I, I usually hate reading people's quotes back to them because it's kind of tedious, but there was a profile in Rolling Stone uh, you did earlier this year, and you had a quote that really stuck with me. I really, really struck a chord with me. You said, if you're not stressed out at any point making a work of art, there's a much higher chance it's not going to be good at the end of it. Why do you think that is? I totally um, agree, by the way. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, you know if, um, if you feel like a lot is, is at stake, 
when you're working on something that's automatically going to be stressful. And um, I think if if you're a musician and you're working on something that is your main project, it should feel like there's a lot at stake. You know, it doesn't have to be life or death, but it should be something that you're taking seriously that, you know, you would feel you wouldn't feel good about it if you came to the end of it and it wasn't really a record that you wanted to listen to. In terms of financial success or popular success, you know, those are things that you can't control. But one thing that you can work towards is making a record that that lasts on your own stereo, you know, that that you want to listen to again and again. Um, and that's what I always work towards, making my own records. And it can be really stressful because I have high standards. You know, if if I'm making it and it's just okay, you know, that's not a record that I'm going to be wanting to come back to. So I have to really push myself to to get rid of what's not good and replace it with something better. A lot of critics and fans have been calling making the door less open like this radical reinvention. It's a total creative overhaul. It's your it's your kid A. Do you agree with that assessment, or do you see this as just like an obvious next step for your work? Um, it's hard to see it as an overhaul because Car Seat Headrest has already been through a lot of different phases. And, you know, it started off as a solo project and I was just recording on my computer in my bedroom or in my car and just trying to put stuff together in that environment. And then after about five years of that, I moved to Seattle, got a band together and got on Matador and things really shifted in terms of, you know, how we were playing, how it sounded. That was an adjustment, you know, that was different songs we were working on and we were working in a studio suddenly. You know, some people might have just called it a new band at that point. I remember Matador asking, you know, do you want to keep the name or, or should we change it? But to me, the the appeal of, of having a, a weird and nondescript name like Car Seat Headdress is that it can kind of be anything, you know, you can go anywhere with it. And I like the idea of just having this one discography where there's a lot of different stuff on it. So Madlow, you know, making a doorless open was definitely a shift, um, you know, away from that studio environment. But, you know, it just wasn't the only shift that we've done. And I associate Car Seat Headrest with these sort of shifts. So I think it's it's nothing new to, to change change up the sound from album to album. It's just a question of, you know, what we're going for with that particular album. And you've also been working with Andrew Katz on the One Trait Danger project. What did that allow you to do that Car Seat Headrest didn't? Well, it was an outlet for him at the time because he was making music. He, he is, he's always kind of made his, his own music on the side. And it's a lot more EDM, you know, computer-driven stuff. When he first joined Car Seat Headrest, you know, he was there as a drummer and we were doing a lot of live-based recording, so there wasn't much room for that mode of music to exist in the car seat world. So this side project of One Trait Danger you know, allowed us to have that experience where it wasn't under the car seat name, and we could kind of redefine, you know, start from the ground up as far as what it could be. And you know, it, what we wanted it to be was fun. You know, it was stuff that we were coming up with on tour, and... You know, we just we wanted to laugh and relieve some tension, and um, one trait was a good outlet for that. Um, working on the car seat headrest record, you know, that ended up being Madlow. Um, I wanted to take that energy, you know, that sense of fun and of building stuff from the ground up, 
and apply it to a car seat record, you know, so it ended up being sort of this crossroads between what we were doing with one trait and what we had been doing with car seat. It reminded me a little bit of the famous story with Paul McCartney when the Beatles were at a crossroads in, in late 66 when they stopped touring. And Paul McCartney developed the the alter ego of Sgt. Pepper as this way of kind of blowing apart what a Beatles album could be and kind of freeing themselves to any preconceived notion. Did that factor into it at all, too? Like, just kind of like, I guess like you just said, starting from the ground up. I wasn't really thinking of the Beatles uh, specifically in terms of narrative. I always go and listen to Beatles records when I'm recording just because I think that they've got some of the best produced records that are available. Um you know, I, I think that George Martin was the fifth Beatle, and they just made a lot of great stuff together. And sort of Sgt. Pepper was kind of accompanied by, you know, in the Revolver era, they stopped touring and they started focusing solely on studio stuff. And um, I think it makes sense to sort of, once you're away from that that grind of the tour, to start thinking of your identity in a different way, you know, start playing with it more. And um, so I think that Sgt. Pepper really rose out of that sort of being um, submerged in the studio environment and being able to do whatever you want. And that was definitely something that we were doing in Madlow, uh, not in the studio so much, but in our, in our bedrooms on the computer, um, just taking these modern sounds and, and doing whatever we wanted with it. And I, th- I think there is a parallel, you know, the, the idea of a new identity that is really just comprised of these new sounds that you're making. Can you tell me a little about the character of Trait? Like, how is he different than you? It's kind of a way for me to be more free live on a, on a stage. And it kind of comes with the idea that, you know, for me, music has always been about music. You know, it's been about the sound. Um, it's something that you can just close your eyes and experience. And the visuals just, I, don't, I never know exactly how they relate. And so playing live, it's always been weird, you know, feeling like it becomes a visual spectacle as well as something that you're listening to. And um, I wanted to play with that in a way for there to be something happening on stage, but it was sort of driving you back to, to the music side of it, to the creative side of it. So Trait to me, you know, it it's there's a level of metafiction to it, I guess, where you know, you're supposed to derive some pleasure from the fact that it's not a real character. You know, it's more like a cartoon or something. That to me is what he embodies, you know, just sort of this cartoonish energy. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER this is it 
your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. When you first started making music, was being a, you know, in quotes, frontman a goal for you or is that just did that just become a necessary part of what you do to get the music out there it was definitely just necessary you know the first one of the first bands i was in was in high school and i was the drummer and um that was just because no one else could play drums and um i was interested in it so i i got, I got a real cheap drum kit and uh, we started playing but then I also ended up being the lead singer just because no one else really wanted to be the lead singer and um, we were all kind of writing stuff and, and tossing stuff around. It didn't really feel like a frontman thing at all. It just felt like those are the things that I've got to do in this in this band to make the music work. You know, when I'm making my music, I want to keep it in my zone. But I don't really think about that in terms of being a frontman. I guess um, I just think about it in terms of giving myself things that I like in my own records. And so the live performance of it. You know, it, it always feels like a reinterpretation to me. One of the uh, one of the singles off the record, Hollywood, uh, has the incredibly memorable refrain to those who haven't heard it. Uh, Hollywood makes me want to puke. Uh, it reminds me of the pavement song Range Life a little bit. They both seem to be written from this perspective of a guy on the outside of contemporary culture and not really sure where he fits into it. How much of that song was satire or, or a character, and how much of that is is your own feeling and experience? I mean, to me, like the best satire or the best comedy song, novelty song, whatever you want to call it, um, is the one that, that has the serious underside to it. Um, there are definitely parts that, that just seem funny to me. You know, I, I, I kept them in because they made me laugh. And there are parts that I, I kept in because I felt, you know, I felt like they meant something. I felt like uh, it was actually communicating something to, to leave that in. And I just kept both of those into this one song because I, I kind of wanted it to be a challenge and to, you know, open up people's ears and um, shock them a little bit and then make them sort of approach the song as if they'd never heard music before. Um, I think that's that's the goal when you make any sort of music is to 
challenge people into coming into it fresh. You don't want them to be on autopilot when they're listening. One of my favorite songs on the album, and I, I, I've read one of yours too, is, is a Martin. And I think you've said that that has the power to, to move you to tears sometimes. I was wondering, what is it about that track that affects you so deeply? Um, for me, it was really rewarding to work on it because I started off with this demo that was just musical, you know, just had that basic chord progression and the beat. And, um, you know, it just had this, this feeling to it, you know, it was melancholy, um, but, but it was positive at the same time. And when you have music like that, you know, it can be really hard to execute it and, and turn it into a full song. Um, and you're really afraid of losing that feeling as you go along. So with Martin, it was a really slow process of putting that song together because I didn't want to lose that feeling. And for me, you know, that's why it's so rewarding. And one of my favorites to listen to now is that, you know, piece by piece it got put together. And to me, it felt like it it did still convey that feeling at the end that it had at the beginning. And, you know, it's not really describable, you know, in any sort of way other than the song itself. You know, it just it captures the emotion that I felt like it, it it could capture when I first heard that melody I was making. Do you write better in like the heat of the moment in the midst of an emotional crisis or in a static high, or do you write better from a period of reflection kind of later on down the road? It's usually more about reflection to me. You know, it'll be like I'll have a period where there's some sort of emotional crisis um, or, you know, just, feeling that that cloud of negativity over me. And um, when I'm really in the middle of that, it's it's hard to write anything or I'll try to write and nothing will sound good. Nothing will, uh, nothing will work right. And I'll just get more and more deeper into it, angrier. And then maybe I'll, I'll hear something, hear some song that knocks me out of that a little bit. So I start climbing my way out. And then at that point, I can start writing and I can start... Um, developing that emotion into something more, into transcending it. You know, I really have to be working my way out of that emotion by the time I start writing about it. Otherwise, it kind of goes in circles and I don't get uh, don't get good stuff out of it. The songwriting on this album, and I mean this in the best way, is the best compliment I can offer. It feels a lot more just concise. There's not a lot of like, you know, Battle of the Constant Concordia-length songs. Was there a a conscious effort to get simpler in a way? I think that the core of Car Seat Headdress has always been pop music, you know, from different eras, but always that sort of core of simplicity, of, of shortness. So I really focused on that with this record and tried to dig into what made a good pop song good, you know, what made a short song work. In a way, it's easier to write a long song because you can kind of um, spread out and... Um, Get, articulate every idea that you're working through. It's hard to write a short song because you have to condense stuff so much. You know, you have to really make every word count and every second count of the song to put as much into it as as you would a longer song. And so that was kind of the challenge with this record was to make songs, you know, three and a half minutes or less. And a lot of songs, we didn't uh, succeed in that barrier. There's still a lot of, you know, four-minute, five-minute, six-minute songs there. But just to, to kind of capture that condensation where, you know, you can't go into a whole different part. You have to just condense it into one different chord. You know, what that what is that chord going to be? 
stuff like that is what interested me, just making that really condensed record. Because you really, you sat down and listened to, you know, that week's most streamed songs on, on digital platforms, right? And really, a, very like a student approach to it. What did you learn from that exactly? I mean, just, was it song structure? Was it melody? Was it production? Was it all the above? I really just wanted to hear mostly the production on what those songs were doing. You know, I'm a producer as much as I am a songwriter, and it's important to me to see what is going on, you know, in the contemporary scene, uh, because the tools that pop artists or pop producers use, you know, that is the cutting edge of production technology. And if you're ignoring that, you know, it kind of creeps up on you until, (laughs) um, you know, you're using equipment that isn't working right, and you don't know how to upgrade and you don't know how to use the sounds that are most prevalent in music. You know, you don't know how to make them work for you. So I was looking at pop music for that. I was also looking at it just to sort of have some sort of grounding in what people were listening to. You know, I spend a lot of time just digging through completely random stuff. So I feel like, you know, if I don't have that grounding of, well, what's super popular at the moment then I I just go off into my own world completely. It's just a little less satisfying, I guess, to be completely off in my own world and feeling like I'm just, I have no, I have nothing in common with what people are listening to. So I like to to have that as, you know, sort of a seesaw that I'm working in the middle of. And you've got, you know, touches of Post Malone in there, but touches of Dion and the Belmonts and stuff like that, which is amazing. The album's been released in a number of different formats with, substantial differences between them. In some places, they're totally different versions of like songs, like Hymn, for example. What was the motivation behind that? How did that come about? Well, it really started just um, looking at the vinyl and wanting to do something that worked on vinyl. You know, because ever since we joined Matador, you know, it's always been vinyl, CD, streaming. You know, you put every record out on those three different formats and, um, you know, it, it's a challenge to make something that works on all three formats, um, you know, especially vinyl, because you have these sides of music that have certain prescribed lengths to them, and you want to have an experience that um, feels satisfying when you go side to side. You know, it, it bugs me when I see a modern album come out, and it's a double vinyl, but there's only, you know, 10 to 12 minutes aside because they yeah. just kind of split it up. Um, to make it fit, but they didn't really think about how it was going to be sequenced. Um, And so, you know, selling a physical product, I wanted it to feel, you know, like it was worth owning the physical product. Um, So this album especially, um, you know, I I went into mind thinking just one disc this time because uh, Twin Fantasy and Teens of Denial were both double double vinyl, and I think they filled it out well enough, but I was interested in, in the single disc format. Um, and so we really worked and worked, um, mainly with that in mind. And because that's, that's the first thing that you have to do, um, when you're delivering the record is deliver the vinyl version, because that needs to be printed. That takes the longest to, to get from start to finish once it's delivered. Um, so we delivered it and got it onto vinyl. Um, but then once we did that, it felt like, where can we go from here? You know, it's sort of an open door again. Um, and what works on vinyl uh, doesn't necessarily work 
best for the other formats. You know, what, what works for streaming, um, you know, it's, it's two different environments or it's several different environments. Um, so we started looking at each track and, and the track list and just what's going to go on, what's going to change, what's going to drop out, what's going to come in. And um, it was just a way of keeping the album fresh right up to the, the last minute uh, for us so that I could feel like I was listening to the record in the same way that other people would be listening to the record. But to me, they are just kind of different ways of experiencing the same core record. You know, and, and it's kind of like um, two different memories of the same event. <laughs> That's a beautiful way to put that. Wow. I mean, you're right. There are so many different environments and platforms to listen to music now. I think of producers like Phil Spector and Brian Wilson who, you know, preferred to work in mono because they could control every bit of the sound when how you would hear it. And now that's blown apart with stereo. Now that's really blown apart with all the different manners that we consume music. Is it frustrating to you as a producer and an artist to not have total control over a listener's experience? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a myth at any point in history to assume that uh, a producer could have control. But I think that it is at a particularly disjointed place right now. And I think that a lot of people are listening on uh, setups that just aren't very good, you know, on (laughs) phone speakers, on laptop speakers. And I mean, I do that too. Um, But these devices just aren't really designed for sound. They're designed to have super good visuals uh, but the speakers are just kind of an afterthought. And um, that is frustrating because you feel like you're working in a culture where the odds are stacked against you. You know, you're making music and, you're, you know, you're making audio in a, in a visual world or, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're the, the radio star in the video music world. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's been the case since uh, 1980, I guess. But yeah. um it's, um, you know, you, you kind of hope that there will be some reaction against that, that, uh, you know, maybe there'll be some cheaper alternatives because, you know, it, it is about cost. It, it costs money to have a nice audio setup, and a lot of people don't have the money for that. So I'm kind of hoping, you know, there are some alternatives provided and, and people can get better systems into their homes that they, they listen to music on. Neil Young's trying. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What do you feel when you finish an album? Is it thrilling? Is it nerve-wracking? Is it sad? Is it... All the above? It's usually kind of a letdown uh, because I, oh, no. I bank so much emotionally on on it. And then by the time it's it's delivered, I, I pretty much feel drained. And, um, you know, I feel overprotective of it. And if anything doesn't go to plan, I get, um, I, I get upset about it. And that's, that's just how it is, I guess. You know, I think, um, I think it's, for me, it's about making it and the process of making it. And then once I put it out, it's, you know, it's kind of like ripping a Band-Aid off. You just have to do it and then move on to the the next thing, the next record. And uh, that's that's what I'm doing for this one, you know, already at uh, square one for the next thing. Yeah, what are you working on now? Are you able to say? Um, I've been working on just some demos. Again, just little bits um, but I've been listening a lot to classical music, and that's something that kind of reinvigorated my interest for longer form music. Um, you know, just the, the whole, totally different culture in classical music and in opera of um, telling a story through, you know, a certain length of time in music, you know, an hour or two hours or three hours sometimes. And, um, I like, you know, that is a totally different mode, I think. And I'm interested in seeing what I can do with that, you know, seeing if I can put that energy into Carsey Headrest songs. You know, I don't, I don't think I can make a classical record just yet, but um, I'd like to play with the idea of something that is connected throughout, you know, throughout the entire record. I haven't really done anything like that. You know, I've had more conceptual records, but I've never written anything that was really start to finish considered to be just one single piece. I'm interested in that. Oh, wow. That's incredible. I can't wait to hear that. I I mean, are you are you still able to to be collaborative with your bandmates in this setting and this strange quarantine world we're living now or is it very much uh solo at this stage it's all solo um 
you know, I, I just felt like, you know, Andrew's been trying to work on one trait stuff, but for me, I feel like while we're in quarantine, you know, it's it's the time to do the solo stuff. It's not the time to collaborate. And so the idea is I'm going to be brewing up demos once quarantine is over, once we can get out and start practicing again, we'll start working on that. Um, you know, having the basic structures there and, and figuring it out as a band. And um, then once we figured it out as a band, maybe we play it on the road some if we're able to tour and then we take it into the studio. Um, and, you know, that that's kind of a route that makes sense to me. Madlow was pretty different where it was kind of take a piece play with the band, maybe go into the studio, record a version of it, then take it out, play with it on the computer, play with it solo. Just kind of constantly going back to the start and reworking stuff. Um, I think this time it's going to be more, you know, the traditional way, a uh, demo, then the band gets a hold of it, then we go in and record it. One of my uh, my favorite songs of yours is Strangers from Teens of Style, and it had a great line in it that always stuck with me. When I was a kid, I fell in love with Michael Stipe. I took lyrics out of context and thought he must be speaking to me. How does it feel to be the one now doing the speaking? <laughs> um, I guess it's interesting. I, I don't think I'm working on the level that uh, Michael Stipe is, but um, yeah, it, it it just feels like a continuum to me, and it it makes sense. You know, if you're someone who cares a lot about music when you're young and you start making a lot of it, um, eventually you're not young anymore and hopefully people are listening to it. Um, and then that, you know, that's the way it continues. People, interest in music gets passed down from one person to the next. And uh, I think that'll just uh, continue for as long as we're around. My last question I always ask, what's the first thing you want to do when this pandemic is over? If you could snap your fingers... What would you do? People you want to hug, trips you want to take? Um, I'd probably go on tour, honestly. Um, I feel like we're overdue. I miss the band, and I miss being on the road. You know, I miss seeing fans in different cities. And um, it's it, it feels like high time for it. So uh, let's snap those fingers and make it happen. <laughs> Will, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jordan. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio Home Edition, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio and other shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride 
the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.